Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to For The Record, episode number 61. Oh, thank God it's Friday. I'm so happy it's Friday. I can't even I can't even begin to reiterate how happy I am that it's the weekend. It's been a very, very long week. Long past couple of weeks to be, if we're being completely honest here. Um, but I will say that I'm very excited to be going out to the, um, to photograph the Steve Aoki show that's going to be happening at Bill Graham Civic tonight in San Francisco. Uh, oh, it's going to be so cool. I know that they're going to, this is going to be a big event and I'm, I'm, oh, I'm stoked. I love massive electronic shows just because they always bring out, um, not only like the craziest selections from their material and from their uh and for their dj sets but they always usually there's not always but usually there's pyrotechnics there's always some crazy special effects and as a photographer that makes my job so much more fun so um there will be a review and photos posted of that event next week up on shamelesspromo.net um my guest today is Andrew Paley. Um, Andrew Paley is a member of the post-punk band The Static Age, and um, in addition to playing and writing in The Static Age, he released a uh, new solo record. Um, he released one um, a while back called White Rooms that he worked on with producer Matt Squire, um, but he has a brand new one that came out today called Sirens. It's a gorgeous record. I really um, recommended if you want to listen to something that's um, a little more toned down, more acoustic, um, kind of that has that really chilled out, relaxed vibe. Um, and it's it's some gorgeous songwriting. So uh, Sirens is out today, November 18th, via Paper and Plastic Records, um, Plastic P-L-A-S-T-I-C-K Records in the United States, and Make My Day, all one word, Records in Europe. Um, so you can go and check that out at andrewpaley.com. Uh, I got to speak to Andrew over the phone yesterday. We had a wonderful chat, um, and I'm looking forward to having everybody hear this. I know that I always say that, but I sincerely mean it. I wouldn't have guests on if I didn't care about, like, the guests that I had on the show. It just, it wouldn't make any sense if I wasn't excited or thrilled about it. Um, I don't understand why, um, you'd have a guest on if you didn't like what they were about i just i personally don't get it but some shows do that so uh to each their own anyway today's episode was sponsored by audible.com tired of wanting to read all the time and never having the time to do so use audible.com audible gives you access to over 180,000 top-notch and high quality audiobooks allowing you to listen to them just by inserting your headphones in your ears those little earbuds that come with your iphone or um, your Android, do Android, is, do they even give out headphones with Android? I don't know. Um, but the point is you can listen to your favorite books and new selections in, in literally any genre, uh, sci-fi, fiction, nonfiction, uh, romance. There's, there's tons of stuff that you can choose from. Uh, you can listen on your commute. You can listen when you're at the gym, when you're on a break at work, literally wherever you want. So if you'd like to sign up for a free audiobook and a free 30 day trial, go to www audibletrial.com slash shameless promo once again that is audibletrial.com slash shameless promo all right let's start the show
Yeah. I've I've started to. I'm still far more of a night owl. Um, I'm still a <laughs> night owl for life. Um, in that sense. What about you? Uh, which uh, night owl? Or I'm I'm definitely more of a night owl side myself. Yeah. For I, sure. uh, I tend to uh, wake up no matter how tired I am around ten o'clock and uh, <laughs> tend to not be able to go to bed until two or three. Yep. Same here. Regardless of when I got up. Yeah. Like, oh, trust me, like, when weekends come up, I'm, I'm out, like, I'm, I'm totally out, and then I'm up until, like, two the next day, and I, I love it. <laughs> so, I just do the getting up early thing just to, uh, just to go with society for a little bit. <laughs> gotcha. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's, let's talk about Sirens. I, this, I loved the record. It was very... I listen to a lot of heavy music. I, I like all kinds of music, and I like um, I do like more softer acoustic um, sounding m- music in that sense. And so it was kind of nice to take a little bit of a break from some of the I guess some of the heavier stuff that I was listening to and just kind of chill out. And I um, just and I first off just like I said, just want to say fantastic job. It sounds great. Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks. Of course. Um, does it feel kind of nice to finally have it all come together in that sense and it's like the fact that it's coming out tomorrow and it's you're kind of like yes now the the really hard part's done or is this just kind of i mean i guess what's what's kind of your thought process in terms of getting ready to release a record like this sure yeah um so it's that's a that's an interesting question i think this one this one in particular has been kind of um uh an interesting ride just because um, I've been piecing it together actually for a few years. I'm in a, um, I've been in a band for a while now called Static Age, and that's yeah. been the primary focus. Um, but this particular record, you know, I started recording songs a handful of years ago. Um, just you know, there were there were apartment recordings, or sometimes I'd find myself in a studio and track some parts, or sometimes I would uh, be in a practice space, or you know, at my family's house out in the middle of the woods of Vermont, or just in all these different spaces. I was piecing these things together, and then. I don't, know, I don't want to say the record really crept up on me. I knew I was headed somewhere with it, but at some point it had sort of taken on a life of its own. Um, and uh, and so it's been sort of a long process. And now that now that it's about to come out, you know, um, I'm obviously really excited. I'm looking forward to having it out out in the world. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to touring behind it. And I'm sort of you know I'm interested to see how how it flies out there. But I think uh, I'm also working on the next record already. So I. I like to keep busy. I completely understand the thing you were saying a minute ago. And so um, amidst all that, I'm already you know, working on new songs and working on uh, a record with the band as well. And so I'm just, uh, I'm just still chugging. I see why you're a night owl now because it's, you kind of have to, you kind of have to have that mentality of wanting to, as a musician that is constantly writing as much as you are you kind of have to have that mentality of okay the world's asleep all right now i can actually do my work and now i can actually get get shit done (laughs) yeah that's pretty much exactly it yeah yeah i look forward to those sort of quiet spaces yeah uh, for sure how are you able to i mean were you consciously thinking about how you were going to balance it all in terms of um working on your solo music versus the static age and um putting I guess two and two together. Um, what was I mean? How were you able to, I guess, physically take on writing for both of those records? Sure. Um, so I think uh, for me, the Static Age um, 
we, we've we've played around with a lot of different stuff over the years, but there's definitely a sound of the band, right? And um, it's uh, it's it's its own thing. And um, you know, I don't always sit down and think I'm going to write a Static Age song, but I definitely yeah. uh, I definitely know when when I've written one. Um, and next to that, you know, I write a lot of stuff that wouldn't necessarily make sense for uh, the canon of the band. Um, and that was the place I sort of started with this whole solo thing is things that didn't fit with the, the primary music project I, I was working on. And so out of that, um, I didn't really ever have to think like, how am I going to manage both these things? It was just something that in the process of writing for the Static Ages records, uh, I realized that I had a whole bunch of stuff that I wanted to do something with. Um, and so this became the way uh, I did something with it. For sure. Um, going on a something about the record and the name Sirens, I'm, I've always, I, I get multiple images in my head when I hear the word Sirens. I think of, I, I think of many different things, but, um, what did that name mean to you? Um, and I guess, what does it represent as, uh, what does it represent for the record as a whole? Sure. Yeah. So, um, so Sirens to me, it's sort of a it plays at both sides of that, right? There's the idea of the siren's call and there's sort of this uh, invitation to potentially dangerous things. And on the flip side of that, it's, it's, um, it's the aftermath of whatever a disaster, uh, whatever disaster may have occurred, right? So it, it plays at sort of the invitation to danger and the aftermath of it. Um, and I think, uh, you know, in terms of thematically throughout the record, the reason that name summed it up well for me is that um, across a handful of the songs, that's sort of, that is what I'm playing with. I mean, this record, by the nature of the way it came together, captures all these little snapshots. And in some ways it's, uh, I don't wanna say it's the most honest record I've ever released because uh, certainly I've approached everything I've done with that lens, or through that lens, but I, there's something immediate about it for me just because of the nature of the way I recorded it, right? I mean, a lot of those songs were sort of being written as they were being tracked. Um, and so there are snapshots of events throughout my life over the handful, last handful of years, and uh, I found myself uh, myself on both sides of of that spectrum I just laid out, right? In terms of um, on the verge of something that may not work out, and then dealing with the aftermath of something. Um, and that's not just in the relationship sense; that's uh, in a variety of different ways, um, uh, including being in, a, in an accident actually about a year and a half ago now. Um, being hit by a car and sort of going through uh, some broken bones and some other things, uh, oh a relatively lengthy recovery process. So, um, yeah, that sort of that sums up the record to me. It's it's both sides of that equation. Definitely. So, I mean, so this was. I mean, it's fair to say that this was a very um, uh, an emotional record. I mean, in 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 I guess in the simplest way. Um, but I mean, it, I, I can kind of I can understand more from what you were just telling me in kind of not just the overall vibe of the record, but I guess everything about it, it, it makes a little bit more sense to me. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, so from what I um, had read, you worked with back um, in like mid-2000s. There was no uh, time specified. Um, you went and worked with producer Matt Squire on uh, the first record, uh, this first solo record you did called White Rooms. Um, who did you work with this time um, if you worked with the producer and what did they bring to the table for you as a song as a producer 
Oh, sure. So, so on this particular record, actually, um, I didn't really, uh, I produced everything. So it's, cool. I didn't work directly with the producer on this one. Um, uh, I did, I worked with a couple of people. Um, Kai Peterson uh, helped with some of the mixing. Um, but, but in terms of the production side of it, I mean, this is really, some of these songs are just like a, me and a microphone in a room and an acoustic guitar. Um, and the ones that are a little bit further uh, built out in terms of the arrangements, um, and, you know, the three or four on the record like that, uh, I actually pieced together in my own studio space or in, um, in other spaces, but it was, always, it was always me on the production side or producer side. For sure. That, I mean, was that a huge step for you? Because I know there's some singer-songwriters where they'll just be like, I could never go into the studio without like someone in there. I could never do it. Whereas there's the opposite side where they're like, yeah, I, I could never go in with a producer because I, I could never work. So, I mean, was that a big step for you to go away without doing a producer? Or did it kind of feel like, no, this is cool. This will be good. Uh, that's a great question. I think for me, it just meant that I had the space to be creative and to sort of follow whatever muse struck me when I felt compelled to. And in the periods when I didn't, um, it was just something I didn't have to focus on, right? With the, the, the process of assembling people, um, a producer, an engineer, and sort of getting the studio time and putting together a record like that, you end up in a situation where you're, um, you're time boxed. And so you have to work on the process of, of putting that record together with limited time and force yourself in some way to be creative um, even in the moments that you're not feeling up to it, right? So yeah. for me, this was actually a really, um, I mean, I absolutely love, <laughs> don't take this the wrong way, I absolutely love working with Matt on the two records we did together, which we did a Static Age record together. I really enjoyed working with producers in a number of different ways. Um, it's just on this particular record, I actually enjoyed the opportunity to work in my own space um, on my own time and just sort of see where the songs, uh, songwriting process took me. Um, so I really enjoyed it. It was different for sure, but I really, I've, I've enjoyed both and I really enjoyed this process on this one. Where did you record, um, it, the record itself? I mean, would you have a home studio? Did you go to a, did you run out of place? Um, I mean, what, what kind of set the vibe for you in terms of where you were able to bring these songs to life? Sure. So I have, I have a studio here, like the back half of, of my apartment. I basically built into a studio. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> and so I do a bunch of work in there, um, Beyond that, uh, that particular record was recorded um, at a friend's studio. Some of it was in New York. Um, some of it was, um, there's this, uh, effectively a cabin in the woods in Vermont that has probably my favorite sounding room in the, in the world. Um, and so I did uh, a bunch of the vocals and some of the guitars in there. Um, and so, yeah, it really did come, I mean, they're probably across the record, five or six different environments um, uh, represented. That's fantastic. Um, in terms of, I know you kind of talked about having the, where there were certain songs that had that just you by yourself with a guitar in a room, that, that kind of feel to it. Um, was there anything, when you went in to work on this record, was there anything specific uh, musically that you said, I want to do this differently, or was it just kind of, you know what, let's just sit, I'm going to sit down I'm going to see what kind of comes out. Like, what well, I guess, what was your process in that in that sense? Yeah. So on the on the more acoustic side of things, especially like the the back half of the record, um, that was very much sort of as you you put it. You know, I I had a song in mind. I, I had been writing something, and it was just me um, not thinking too hard about 
you know, how I wanted the arrangement to be and just actually um, just playing the song, playing the song through and figuring out what worked and didn't work and, uh, and going from there. Just sort of approaching it really, I guess, as naturally as possible. Um, and, and a handful of the songs, um, some of the ones that have some more synths or some other sounds on them, generally those kinds of songs started with me um, in my studio just playing with uh, different keyboards um, and just different samples and just seeing how seeing what sounds and textures I could create that that would stick with me and then sort of building a song organically from there so it's it's a slightly different entry point but I actually think the process felt pretty similar once I got the ball rolling for sure so it was okay that's interesting I mean are you more of a would you say you're more of like a, a piano person or a guitar person when writing or is it kind of varied it's it's a, it's pretty varied actually. I think um, I certainly am a better guitarist. Uh, I wish I was a better piano player, but I'm a better guitarist than <laughs> I am a, a piano player for sure. Um, but uh, but I've actually been playing quite a bit more recently. You know, over the last recently is in the last couple of years. Um, and so at this point, uh, I feel pretty comfortable writing on either. And actually, switching between them is kind of nice. It's a uh, it's you know when it's a good way sometimes to get inspired when it just sort of feels like oh i haven't you know played music this way in a little while yeah the same thing with bass bass guitar too actually so just having some sort of being able to switch those out is helpful sometimes yeah i mean it's kind of obvious as the sounds with what i'm about to say every instrument really does have a different feel and it has a different element like when you hear i think like the the best way i've kind of pitched it to people or not necessarily pitched it but talked about it is um i've said like um, if you listen to uh, what was the song "What's My Age Again" by Blink One Eighty Two, you can hear when that song is starting. All three elements of those instruments—I mean, minus piano—all kind of kicking in what they each do differently, and what how it kind of gives you that different feel when you're playing it. Because there's the the higher pitched range of the guitar and then the lower bass line and then the sound of the drums kind of starting up and all the different things that that crap can do um, and then having that all kind of mixed in together um yeah I, com- I completely feel you cool yeah absolutely um where did your relationship with paper and plastic records come together um so the uh, the initial relationship um sort of uh, came through uh uh, my manager, uh, Felix Wilikonski, who's actually based in Berlin, um, got uh, some of the stuff I've been recording over to Vinny at Paper and Plastic, and she really liked it, and that just opened the conversation. Um, so, yeah, there was not a pre-existing relationship. It just really came uh, out of sending around, um, you know, when the record was done, or mostly done, when we actually had some things we could start pushing around, uh, that, that opened the door. No, for sure. No, oh, that's that's more the traditional route of it rather than because I always hear it's always kind of like well we had this lunch meeting and then it went to this thing and then it it totally and it's like really cool and it's and it's kind of like oh we just had a we just had a connection and talked to him and that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's, uh, it's it's as simple as the process can possibly get. Very nice. Um, I had uh. One more question about your about the music on Sirens, and then my closing question, and we'll we'll wrap this up. But um, thank you again for speaking. It's been an absolute pleasure to get some more insight on, oh, yeah. behind Sirens. Um, the question I had was it, um, lyrically on this record. Um, I'm always curious, just from the perspective of a songwriter, 
was there any particular track that lyrically was maybe a bit harder to tackle and if so um what was it about it that made it harder to uh put on the paper and then translate into the finished product um that's a good question uh so i think um i think probably you know they they were all by the nature of the process there was there were some that really just sort of flowed on their own and 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 were easy to to take from concept or sort of emotion to the song um i think a couple of them are are pretty pretty personal in a way that I wasn't always sure that I was actually going to like put the song out in the world you know so so obviously I, I read a lot of different uh, songs for, for, in different contexts and there's a cache of songs that I've written that just don't feel like they're things that um, I would necessarily want to share with everybody else or just sort of their song was sort of for me or something I had to think through that sort of my writing process is um, uh, sort of more about exploration of how I think about the world than anything so I think um, a couple of the songs uh, for me were the kind that, you know, sort of rode that line where it's like, I'm not sure this is a song I'm really going to put out ever. Um, one example of that is Come Home. Um, another example of that is Go to the Wolves. Those are both sort of pretty personal songs in a way that, that for me it was a question of whether they would ever see the light of day. Um, but that's not really an issue about recording them or writing them. It was just when, I, when it came down to sort of call through all the available songs and figure out how I was going to put the record together, um, that was sort of a consideration for me. For sure. All right, well, this is the last question. Um, I give it this preface just because I use it to cl- kind of close out every any interview I do with a musician um, as a way to, I guess, tie everything together. But um, what does music mean to you? Oh, man, all right. Yeah. Uh, what does music mean to me? I, um, well, I think there's a couple of different sides of that, right? I think uh, there's, um, well, first and foremost, I just mentioned this. In terms of songwriting, I think music has been a really, really interesting way for me to, um, just the writing process of music has not only been cathartic, but also has been sort of an exploration of ideas, which which um, has been a huge benefit to me just creatively. Um, beyond that, I think music is, uh, you know, it's, as a communication medium, there's something sort of primal. It goes beyond words, right? That um, That's a little bit, it has a capability of rattling us in ways that other mediums uh, do not. And so there's, some, there's something powerful about that. Um, and then I would also just say, from sort of a community perspective and given my experience in the music scene, uh, in the various scenes, um, I, uh, I think music has been a pretty phenomenal bridge, not just between me and other people, but just sort of amongst the community of people I know, um, connecting people who live, you know, not only in different countries, but on different continents, um, from all over the world with sort of a, with a sort of shared interest in a particular art, which is, in and of itself a pretty powerful thing that was a beautiful way to close this out man um thank you All so right. much yeah and um just lastly where can people find you online uh, so they can go obviously go and purchase the record tomorrow when it comes out <laughs> yeah alright awesome yeah that's a, that's a good one to get in there um <laughs> so uh my website is andrewpaley.com um as of tomorrow morning there'll be all the all the links on there um 
And then uh, I'm also on Facebook, like everybody else in the world, uh, just uh, under Andrew Paley. Um, and uh, Instagram is Andrew underscore Paley as well. Awesome. Well, Andrew, congratulations on the release of the record. I am looking forward to having everybody uh, finally get to hear it tomorrow, and we'll get this posted up uh, tomorrow afternoon. If you're listening to this now, it's up today, clearly. Um, so, um, and go and purchase Sirens, man. Thank you again. It was uh, an absolute pleasure, and uh, looking forward to hearing more from you in the future. All right, likewise. Thanks awesome, man. Have a good night. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. This episode of For the Record Podcast was sponsored by Audible.com. To sign up and receive a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial, go to www.audibletrial.com slash shameless promo. Once again, audibletrial.com slash shameless promo.